This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, July 8th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Earthquake response. U.S. challenges India tariffs. China buys California rice and bills banning pesticides pulled. Earthquake response highlights the role of state fairgrounds. Following last week's earthquakes, the Kern County town of Ridgecrest reported widespread damage to roads and buildings. Included on that list were the state fairgrounds, which also are the staging area for emergency operations. The buildings were reportedly unsafe to house evacuees following the quakes. A reminder, fairgrounds fall under the direction of the California Department of Food and Agriculture, but are locally funded. This is changing as fairgrounds have played an increasingly critical role for housing emergency operations during California's catastrophic wildfires. Neglected fairs. The State Food and Ag Board held an informational hearing last month on the severely dilapidated state of these fairgrounds. According to CDFA's branch chief for fairs, John Kiraz, the local fairgrounds personnel are in charge of organizing the many cities known as fire camps that sprout up during such emergencies. Yet funding to maintain the infrastructure for these events has been lacking. Among the issues, fairs are often black holes for broadband internet and for cell service. The fix? Voters last year approved the $4 billion Proposition 68. Of that, fairs obtained $18 million for deferred maintenance. The bond money is a jump from the $4 million the fairs had been receiving up to that from the state in years prior. The current budget passed last month allocates an additional $7 million. Tell us more. If you know of farm or agribusinesses damaged by the earthquakes or have feedback on the fairgrounds, then send a note to bread at agripulse.com. That's bread at agripulse.com. U.S. disputes India's new tariffs at WTO. The U.S. has filed a complaint at the World Trade Organization against India's new tariffs on U.S. goods that include commodities like almonds, apples, and walnuts. India's tariffs are a delayed retaliation to the U.S. duties that were levied on Indian steel and aluminum about a year ago. The Indian tariffs on almonds are especially complicating because U.S. growers have been diverting nuts to India to avoid steep Chinese tariffs, according to a California industry official. U.S. representatives in Geneva on July 4th filed a request for WTO dispute consultations, the initial step in what could be a lengthy case if the legal disagreement isn't worked out by the two countries. Two bills banning pesticides pulled in one day. Legislators pulled the bills banning pesticides ahead of two separate committee hearings last week. Assembly Bill 916 would have banned the use of the herbicide glyphosate from all state property in California. The bill was a gut and amend from the previous version that specifically targeted schools for the ban. The author, Assembly Member Art Marisucci of Torrance, announced AB 916 will return next year as a two-year bill. The Senate Bill 86, meanwhile, would have banned the insecticide Corpyrifos beginning in 2021. The measure served as a stopgap to ensure a ban even if Cal EPA did not follow through with its planned cancellation during that time. 
Senator Marie Elena Durzo of Los Angeles has not said whether this will also be a two-year bill. Legislators push for farmers and feds to pay for Friant Kern Canal Fix, a bill that would grant $400 million toward fixing the degraded conveyance canal infrastructure passed another committee last week. But the hearing wasn't without a now-standard refrain for the federal government and agriculture producers to cover the cost instead. Assembly member Laura Friedman of Glendale said the bill is letting the federal government, quote, off the hook and, quote, using taxpayer money to bail out these very large farms. In defense of the bill, Alexandria Baring, a government affairs manager for the Friant Kern Water Authority, explained the complex background of the bill. She said that while the 70-year-old canal is owned by the federal government, it will soon be locally owned facility. Where the water flows, well, the surface water that is being delivered through the canal does go mostly to the agriculture users who have senior rights. The 40% decrease in capacity for the canal, however, would have been water, quote, used entirely for discharge, according to Bering. During high flow periods like this spring and summer, the lost water would have been used to recharge groundwater aquifers that supply drinking water to disadvantaged communities. Funding the fixed, Will Bering said the Water R Authority had tried to get a loan from the federal government, but the government, quote, doesn't loan money to itself to fix its own facilities. A co-author of the bill, Assemblymember Joaquin Arambula of Fresno, added, We can't keep kicking this can down the road. He said local municipalities and agriculture groups have paid, quote, up to a billion dollars to help repair the canal over the years, and it hasn't been enough. State considers energy efficiency program for farm workers. Of the 800,000 farm workers in California, about 18% own homes. According to Assembly Bill 386, those homes tend to have higher energy bills because of more individuals per household. The bill seeks to change that with a new energy efficiency program specifically targeted farm workers. Funding will come through existing energy efficiency allocations from the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund. According to Marco Lizarraga of La Cooperativa Compensina, the program will also raise their disposable income, which is an incredible benefit to the farm worker population. U.S. and China plan high-level, long-distance trade talks. U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin plan to talk by phone with Chinese Vice Premier Liu He this week in hopes of making progress toward ending the ongoing trade war. The call follows up on the agreement that President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping reached last month in Japan to restart the stalled talks. Trump held off on imposing new tariffs on Chinese products, and Xi agreed to increase purchases of U.S. farm commodities. Well, in case you missed it, U.S. makes first rice sale to Chinese buyers. A California producer struck a deal last week to make the first ever sale of U.S. rice to buyers in China. Sun Valley Rice, based in Dunningham, California, agreed to deliver 40 metric tons of medium-grain Calrose rice. CEO Ken Legrand also told AgriPulse the company expects additional sales. The value of the deal wasn't disclosed. It's been about seven months since China officially opened its market to U.S. rice. It ends 20 years of haggling over details such as phytosanitary protocols, bureaucracy, and Chinese tariffs. 
Well, they've been blamed for delaying purchases. You can read more at www.agripulse.com. Check out the West tab for all stories that impact you. Well, this week in Sacramento, today, July 8th, at 1 o'clock, assembly floor. It'll take up SB 62 on the accidental take of endangered species in ag. At 2 o'clock this afternoon, Senate floor takes up AB 450 on protecting bees. At 3.30, Assembly Natural Resources will take up AJR 7 on encouraging Congress to adopt the Green New Deal. SB 1 on protecting Obama-era environmental laws. And SB 515 on expanding biomass for renewables portfolio. Then tomorrow, the ninth at 12 o'clock, the Senate Natural Resources will take up AB 454 on the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. AB 1788 on banning second-generation rodenticides. At 2 o'clock, the Joint Legislative Committee on Climate Change Policies will meet on annual updates on statewide trends of greenhouse gas emissions and indicators. On Wednesday the 10th at 9.30, Senate Governance and Finance will take up AB 1783 on streamlining approval for farmworker housing. You can read about that in Washington Week Ahead. Here's today's He Said It. In the San Joaquin Valley, the number one industry is agriculture. If that sector is not there, it's just a dust bowl, and we might as well go like my ancestors, the Okies, and just pack up and leave. That's Devon Mathis, a Republican of Visalia, advocating for SB 559 for funding repair to the Fryatt-Kern Canal. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, July 8th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.